0: Kirk Cousins to the Panthers, we're rounding out Kevin O'Connell's staff. And of course, it's Twitter Tuesday. That means a whole bunch of your mailbag questions here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today on the show is Twitter Tuesday. Most of the show is going to be the mailbag. But first, we got to get to some news. So there was a rumor that came out. It's kind of been floating around, but it came out in earnest uh, over the weekend-ish and on Monday that uh, the Panthers called the Vikings inquiring about Kirk Cousins. The conversation didn't go very far, but it was just kind of a feelers thing. Um, That's it. That's the whole rumor. (laughs) It was uh, Judd Zolged said it, um, I believe on Purple Daily, that there was a singular phone call, but it wasn't like a conversation or anything. And that's the kind of thing that you should expect to happen. Um, these conversations don't get done overnight. It it doesn't tell us that Kirk Cousins is going to be traded to the Panthers. And even Judd was like, don't take it that far. What it does tell us is that there exists in some level a market for Kirk Cousins, that if the Vikings were to try to trade Kirk Cousins, they would not have to desperately call and then offer Kirk Cousins in a second round pick to take the contract Otzweiler style, which a lot of people were worried about. That's not happening here. Um, it tells us that there are exists some market. Now, what that market is, how much contract they actually want to pay Kirk Cousins, all very much res- remains to be seen. But that that rumor at least tells us that uh, there's, there's something, right? That there is some level of demand for Kirk Cousins and that you would not have to necessarily incentivize a team to take his contract. That if you're trading Kirk Cousins to something, you are getting something in return. You're not giving away more to get contract. And that is the worry that I wanted to quell there. The other thing is the staff. Um, The Vikings added five coaches officially, including Wes Phillips, who we talked about a bunch yesterday. They also added a special teams and assistant special teams coordinator. Matt Daniels is the special teams coordinator. Um, He's been an assistant special teams coordinator for a while. And they got Durante Jones, who might sound familiar to you because he was a defensive backs coach for one year in 2020. Um, And then he left to go take a job at LSU. He's back, which is an interesting hire. And then maybe the most interesting hire of all is Mike Smith, outside linebackers coach. And he did that job in Green Bay for a while and no not that Mike, Mike Smith not the one that was a head coach for the Falcons for a while um, a different Mike Smith who has been an outside linebackers coach for a while and it, most recently for the Michael Fleury years in Green Bay having a dedicated outside linebackers coach is definitely um, another one of these like kind of three four things or call it a Fangio defense thing Um, it's definitely going to be a different looking defense than what we're used to we've talked about that a lot in the past and we'll talk about it more but I do want to get to your questions because it's twitter tuesday and that means that i gotta talk about the things you asked me to talk about so if you have a question for twitter tuesday you can send it to me anytime luke braun nfl on twitter locked on vikings on twitter you can send an email to locked on vikings at gmail.com you can also um s- fill out the the google form there's a link to that in the show notes um i am going to do a pair of questions first From Mark D, the first one is in all Vikings GM and head coach interviews, the question of Kirk Cousins, the quarterback position must have been covered in great detail. If Kirk is extended by Kwasi and Kevin O'Connell, does this show that any GM or head coach candidate that told the Wolves they wanted to move on from Kirk never really stood a chance of getting a job? So here's the way I understand that the process went. And that's because the Wolves told us this is how the process went. It wasn't about do they or do they not agree with me on Kirk Cousins? It was about their overall plan. Now, I do think that they probably wanted to make sure that the GM and head coach had the same idea about Kirk Cousins, whichever one it was. So if the if Kwasi wants to keep Kirk Cousins, they weren't going to hire a coach that didn't want to keep Kirk Cousins or vice versa. Um, but I don't think that that the Wilfs have an idea of, this is what I want to do with Kirk Cousins. I think they more so wanted... Like it's, it's bigger picture than that, I guess, is the way that I would put it. And I'm sure that was a factor in part of the conversation and you want to see a clear vision. You know, you don't want to just see somebody say, well, he got 4,000 yards a season. He must be a good quarterback. Of course I'd keep him versus, well, I would keep him and, you know, we would really build around him and I think he just needs an offensive line and that would, and like something in more detail would be a better answer, you know? So I think it was more about that and not necessarily if you agree with the binary yes or no on the question. The next one from Mark D is how will the players that were red shirted last year be evaluated by a brand new coaching staff prior to the NFL draft? Will they be able to make meaningful internal decisions on Kellen Mon, Chad Surratt and Wyatt Davis, despite not seeing them play or practice? Um, so the, the rookie, anybody on a rookie contract is under contract. And because it's those are all rookie contracts that are really cheap. There wouldn't be any reason to like cut them or make any decision on them. They're going to come to camp. They're going to do their thing. And in some of the cases of, like, the later round picks, if they don't make the team, they don't make the team, but you get a whole training camp to figure that out. So the timeline means they won't have to make, like, any meaningful internal decision without actually seeing them play. And I think it's built that way for that purpose, honestly. Uh, Jeff Mersch asks a similar one who said, Wyatt Davis was a projected plug-and-play guard. I know you think the draft is a crapshoot and players come along at different speeds, but how much do you think Wyatt going into Zivers' doghouse weighs in? If Wyatt starts and maybe Kevin O'Connell understands... How to play to Bradbury's strengths. It might not have have to spend any capital on the O-line. Okay, I see what you mean here. Um, I I don't know about that with Bradbury. I just don't think he's going to be much of a scheme fit. Like, he can compete for the job if he wants, but if they're going to run anything that's not pure-ass wide zone, then Bradbury's going to not be as good of a fit. He he has to be in his own scheme because of his strength issue. Um, But with um, Wyatt Davis, I... I need a citation here on him being in the doghouse. I need people are just have just jumped to that conclusion. I have not seen a report that like Zimmer was angry at Wyatt Davis and therefore he did not start. What I have seen is that Wyatt Davis was injured and therefore couldn't get into playing shape in enough time to get the proper development in camp. And therefore he was totally behind. And that for that reason, he couldn't get into um, into any meaningful game action. And that tracks it um, tracks with what we saw from Wyatt Davis in the preseason. It was pretty bad. And um, it tracks with, you know, not starting despite Dakota Dozier playing and all these other guys. Um, so that totally tracks and is also kind of understandable. He was injured. He then had a conditioning issue. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's not really his fault. And look, whether you're really forgiving about it, or you're super angry about it, either way, you can't put that guy in the game, right? So I don't think the doghouse thing, I don't know, citation needed, I need, I need a source on that one. Um, but if he can get into better shape and if he can stay healthy throughout the uh, offseason program, yeah, I see no reason why um, he can't like maybe improve, make some strides. And if he doesn't make some strides, yeah, that's it just happens. Sometimes kids just don't transition to the NFL. Norse Code asks, most cancelable take you still have up? Don't give me a wishy-washy sum of each answer. Uh, pick a side coward. I don't know why that was so aggressive at the end, James. I don't know why you said that. Uh, no, some the most cancelable take that I still have up. Oh, it's going to be really hard um, because I don't have any cancelable takes. Come on. I'm smarter than that. Um, Some of the worst takes I still have up are probably um, John D. Filippo tweets that I talked myself into him really hard that offseason when we hired John D. Filippo. I was into it. So probably something like that. But I don't know. I'm I'm no coward. I stand by things that I said, or if I was wrong, I can invent that. So uh, light me up. I don't care. The nice thing about grambling, too, is that if you're wrong, you can put your money where your mouth is, put some stakes on it, and you can decide how much you truly believe something. And then if you were wrong, you were wrong, you lose your money, and that's that. If you want to engage in that, in some takery with stakes, maybe. is a place to do it. Look, basketball, baseball might start up someday. <laughs> There's hockey going on, the college tournament's coming around the corner, all sorts of great stuff going on at BetOnline.net, which is your one-stop shop for all things grambling. You can even bet on like golf or tennis or MMA or even play your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to BetOnline, use their live betting apparatus, their player prop builder, all sorts of really cool features over there. Go check it out bet online where the game starts thanks again for making locked on vikings your first listen of the day or your first watch of the day on youtube and also locked on nfl is on youtube go go check out the locked on nfl youtube channel um, there's not only a locked on nfl podcast but locked on today locked on now hits uh, there's just a great variety league content. Moving on with this mailbag, the next one comes from Mayonnaise Coffee, who who asks which non-quarterback free agent signing would most radically improve the Vikings season next year? How would you make it work with the cap? Um, so, I far be this from a comprehensive answer, but the one that jumps into my head is Zadarius Smith. Pending free agent from Green Bay. We just hired his old outside linebackers coach. When that news broke, Zadarius Smith tweeted an eyeball emoji, which uh, I, I have to imagine those two have a good relationship even without the social media post, but I don't, that's interesting. Um, that would be huge to get an edge rusher like that. I'm sure there's like a corner that I'm going to end up wanting more or something like Xavier Howard. Is he a free agent or maybe he's up for trade or something like that? Um, yeah, there's a, there's probably some corner that I'm going to want more. Um, but Zadarius Smith would be awesome. He's of course a scheme fit with the new scheme that they're uh, bringing in. Mike Pettin, Mike Smith, these guys know him. So there's a relationship and a reason cap wise, how you would make it work. Um, you know what? I'm going to defer that. That's that's a specific question for another day and another cap plan. But I will say that you absolutely can. You just have to restructure the right contracts and be able to make some tougher decisions and figure out exactly what you can get away with in terms of borrowing from future years and then what becomes irresponsible. And you have to just be really disciplined about where you draw that line. Um, But I don't think we're to it yet. Not not even close. Um, Legend of Cora asks, what is the best AFC team to cheer for next year? I'm looking for a second team behind the Vikings to also cheer for, obsess over, and hopefully get my heart broken over during the season. Um, Okay, so first things first, you got to ask yourself what you want in a team, right? Do you want to root for a scrappy underdog that's never wanted? A team like the Chargers would be very Vikings-y in spirit. Of course, the Bills are the other team that went 0-4 in Super Bowls, um, but they don't feel very Vikings-y right now, right? Like they're like true contenders. The Chargers, they have an exciting quarterback. They have, uh, you know, exciting offense. They've got coaching you can feel excited about. Brandon Staley comes from the same tree as all of our defensive people. Sick uniforms. Great team to go for. Or do you just want like a true contender? Do you just want to bandwagon on somebody that's going to win all the damn time so that you can like have some fun with that? And and if that's the case, then I say go shameless. Pick the Chiefs. Just go. go. I want to watch Patrick Mahomes and, and obsess over him and be a lifelong Patrick Mahomes fan. It's bandwagoning, man. There's no there's 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 no shame in that. I think the Bills make a good bandwagon team as well. They're fun. Josh Allen's a blast and all that stuff. And then they still have the 0 and 4. They've never won the Super Bowl thing um, in common with the Vikings. So you can still feel, you know, spiritually attached. Rastapasta asks, will Kevin O'Connell forgive my student loans? There's only one way to find out. Shoot That asks, are the Vikings allowed to simply add void years to Kirk's deal to lower the $45 million cap hit, but still let him walk after 2022? Or would Kirk have to agree to that? Um, So Kirk would have to agree to that. If you're adding years, that's like a true renegotiation and you actually have to sit down and get him to sign off on it. I don't know why he wouldn't sign off on it because that would not affect cash flow. That would not actually affect the physical pay that Kirk Cousins receives. It would just be an accounting salary cap thing. It would have no bearing on the actual money that Kirk Cousins gets. So I don't know why he would he wouldn't agree to that. However, the master negotiator that Kirk Cousins is would also know that, hey, if your opponent, your negotiating opponent wants something, never give it up for free. Um, even if it means nothing to you, you know, like that's a bargaining chip that you have. So he would probably use it as a bargaining chip, to be honest. Um, but yeah, he would have to agree to that. If you just wanted to restructure a deal like what I've been suggesting with Daniel Hunter, that does not require player consent. You can just push a button and it happens and you don't even need Daniil Hunter to be in the, in the country. Um, but Kirk, adding years to Kirk's contract to do a void year thing, um, could be an option for getting his cap hit down, but it wouldn't, um, it wouldn't, he would have to sign off on that. And I, I yeah, I don't know if he would do that without getting something in return. Stizo asks outside of Hunter, how does the other edge rushers on the roster fit a three, four base defense? Um, so I'm going to keep fighting against this, even though Kevin O'Connell said, yeah, it's a three down base, but you're only going to be in that like 20% of the time. Um, it's, it's, it's not a three, four. It is isn't. A uh, weird, varied front overhang defender under front thing. Um, And that overhang defender means um, the defender lining up. So you think about an edge rusher. There's a strong side and the weak side, right? With the tight end on the strong side, the weak side where he isn't. The overhang defender is the weak side defender in an under front, which means the front is weighted toward the weak side. Everybody shifted toward the weak side. And the guy that's kind of hanging out over there is the overhang defender. That's a good job for D- uh, DJ Wanham, I think, because he is very good. He he needs that advantage, but he's very good when he has that unblocked advantage or when he is out in, in open space, he's a lot better. And that gives him more space to work with. I think that would be a good uh, scheme fit. As for the other edges on the roster, I kind of don't care about them. Ah, Kenny Willikus, I don't know. I guess he could like pop inside or something like that, um, but they're all rotational guys anyways. And once you're at that level, I guess James Lynch played in a three, four in Baylor. So I guess that would help him. Um, But once you're at that rotational level, you kind of have to have the versatility to be able to make that uh, transition smoothly anyways, because the Vikings varied fronts a lot last year, too. So they kind of already had to have that skill. And if they don't have that skill good enough, then they don't make the team and it doesn't matter. Uh, T Carm asks, say the over under is set on eight and a half wins with the new coach and staff. Which one are you taking? Oh boy, I am hammering that under. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't believe in it. I was so optimistic last offseason and I stand by my reasons for that and it didn't work out and that's OK. Um, but this I mean, come on, man, the roster's in shambles. New coach is never going to be his best self in year one. You're never going to that's never going to be the best year of a, of a coach's tenure. Right. Is the first year. So new coach, growing pains, all that stuff. Caps screwed, they have like 19 roster holes. It's gonna be a disaster. I'm going way under on that eight and a half. I've got a few more questions that I wanna get to. Many of them are silly, excited for that. But first things first, let me talk to you about your car. Uh, it is icy out a lot of the time and winter in Minnesota is not going to go away as fast as you want it to. That means your car needs to be prepared. And one of the worst things in the world that can happen to you is if you're driving out in the middle of the road and it's winter and it's cold and it's minus 10 or whatever kind of horrors, and then your tire blows, and then you got to go wait on the side of the road in the cold because you don't have a tire kit, get a tire kit. And you can get that tire kit at rockauto.com. You can get whatever on rockauto.com. Supplies like that, um, like a tire kit or an ice scraper or something. Or if you're a real gearhead, you can get whatever from gaskets to motor oil to anything your car could possibly need. Just enter your make, your year, and your model. They will do all the research for you. Make sure you're getting a part that's compatible with your car, and they'll deliver it right to your door. Either install it yourself if you're that kind of black thumb. Or you can just take it to a mechanic and say, here's the part, here's my car, I'll pay you the labor to install it, and a lot of mechanics will just do that, and you are absolutely saving a buck. So why pay 30, 50, even 100% more for parts from a mechanic that knows that you don't know how much that stuff's supposed to cost, and instead go to a family company that's been doing this online forever that you can trust? and they're going to get you a good deal. You're going to save money at rockauto.com. And whatever you buy in the How You Heard About Us section, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you, because if you don't, the Rabbits will trade to Neil Hunter for a fifth round draft pick. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Moving on with this Twitter Tuesday mailbag, the next question comes from Kyle Slaby, who asks, you can guarantee the first round draft pick will be a great non-quarterback. And for argument's sake, all draft pool depth is equal. No matter who you pick, you'll be getting a great player and you aren't overdrafting a position you can get later. What do you pick? Um, okay. So I get what you're doing here. You're basically trying to set up a situation where, um, All talent is equal. All depth is equal and all that stuff. And you're really just making me ask, what position do the Vikings need the most? And if that were the only factor at play, what would they pick? My answer in that case, I mean, obviously, that's a super unrealistic scenario. But in that hypothetical, my answer is cornerback. Um, They just need a million of them in a Vic Fangio defense, cornerbacks are leveraged really, really hard. They're on, they got like Cameron Dansler and Chris Boyd under contract right now. It's a catastrophe. That room is broken. They need a dog there, and and you're going to have to go get a cornerback. And, and I do think, even if you do add in the, the depth of the class and the talent levels of the class, cornerback at number 12 makes a ton of sense. There's going to be guys available. There's a lot of good first-round corners out there. Somebody's going to go high before the Vikings, but you're going to be able to get somebody from an upper tier, and I think cornerback in the first round would make a lot of sense if it ended up being the pick LA cozy asks outside of the obvious things like making the playoffs and possibly doing well there what needs to happen for you to consider the next season as good for the Vikings um yeah so I I think obviously when you enter the season the goal should be make the playoffs always no matter what the circumstances right but as a as a fan I can be a little bit more wishy-washy about this I want to know that the Vikings are headed in a good direction, right? I don't want them to win four games and realize that they've got, you know, 10 million things to do and they've got two years before they're two years away, right? That's I can't I can't have that. I want to see them be taken be a team you have to take seriously. I want relevant football in January and weeks, you know, eight, 17 and 18. And like if they win six games, but you can see where it's going, like I can kind of make my peace with that. I just I don't want to see a three win team and I don't want to see a team that wins nine games and has a ton of problems next offseason. I think that would be a mistake. Um, Ruben Frost asked, which free agent wide receiver will we get excited than disappointed by EG Westbrook? I think it'll be Ro- Rashard Higgins. Um, so first I will push back. I don't think Westbrook is this. There has been this thing for a lot of years where the like Kendall Wright comes in or Tajay Sharp and everybody gets super excited about them and then they don't do anything. But it, every single time I look at those contracts and I'm like, man, that guy's on like a non guaranteed $1 million deal. I don't even know if he's going to make the team. That was my take on Kendall Wright when they um, signed him. So I I think for one, you got to understand if they bring in a person to be wide receiver four or wide receiver five, like your expectation should not be sky high for that person. Um, but whoever that person is, they, they probably should bring in a free agent DD Westbrook-esque type guy. I think Rashad Higgins is a, Rashad Higgins is a great example of that. Somebody that you kind of only know because he was on your fantasy waiver wire for a little bit, uh, and because the name is familiar to you, you might, it might be a little exciting. I think that name is Keelan Cole. Uh, he is just sort of a dude and he can come in and play for a million dollars and maybe make the team and that would be fine. King Squeaks asks priority order for edge, cornerback, linebacker and interior offensive line. Um, Okay, cornerback, edge, uh, interior offensive line line. Now, cornerback, edge, linebacker, interior offensive line. I I think the offense is about as built as it can get. I mean, sure. Get a guard. That's fine. Those guards can be cheap too. get a free agent guard, you know, go get help on the offensive line and stuff. Um, but I do think, like, schematically and quarterback play have as much an effect on the struggles of the interior line. Like, you're not going to replace Christian Darasaw. You're not going to replace Brian O'Neill. And I think Ezra Cleveland has earned his shot to start um, another year. So, you really only have two positions on the offensive line you're going to change. Um, that is going to be a lower thing, but otherwise I like, I just explained how important corner is. I think edge is also really important. Um, I explained that before, but setting the edge is a really important part of the F- F- Fangio defense and the edge setter does not often get a lot of help. So that's gotta be a good player. Um, and I think it just would be irresponsible if you waltzed to do a season with like Troy die starting. I don't actually know who the, the projected linebacker starter is, but it would be pretty ears. They just need a guy like really bad. Otherwise a, a very bad player will, will start. And that's a big problem. Um, Scuger asks, what current team or organization would you use as the blueprint for the Vikings over the next three seasons? Um, and somebody responded to this, like what the Rams, which of course, right, because they're getting Kevin O'Connell and hiring a bunch of McVeigh people, but they hired a bunch of Fangio Broncos people and they hired a couple Packers people as well. So the, the staff is sort of an amalgamation, um here's uh, so my answer to this has always been the Bills. I love the way the Bills rebuilt their team. They were in, you know, mediocrity hell for forever. They spent two decades looking for a quarterback. And then uh, Brandon Bean came, took over. They got Sean McDermott and they built with a purpose. They had a transition year. They had to deal with that. They got to Rod Taylor. They actually sneak into the playoffs on the transition year because they had built a pretty good roster. And, um, you know, they hit on draft picks and stuff. And of course it's always going to be an important thing. And then in the 2018 draft, they picked a quarterback. They like, they liked, they went and got him and then they built around him and it was very focused. And that's why I like the bills. The Rams would be a a fine answer as well. Um, obviously they're trying to build a McVay esque team and there are elements of the McVay team. They're going to try to replicate. Um, but the, the, the all in, we don't really do draft picks thing that the Rams do. I don't think works for this team. They don't have quite enough talent to foster that. Um, you know, you need to have a base of core young talent to be able to facilitate and and support the Odell Beckham, Von Miller. Let's get everybody kind of uh, plan that the Rams took to the Super Bowl. You need a foundation for that, and I don't think the Vikings have that youthful, that depth, that foundation. Um, may, maybe another time they can do something like that for the Rams. Tom Gregory says, are you going to try to fill Courtney's job opening? Um, so no, I believe you have to live in Minnesota. I don't live in Minnesota. Um, but I do want to just take this opportunity to say congratulations to Courtney Cronin, who is moving to uh, Chicago to cover the Bears, which I believe is a team she grew up with. That's awesome. Uh, best of luck and thanks for all the reporting over the years. Reverend Brody asks, when is my dad coming home from the grocery store? <laughs> How long has it been, buddy? Are you okay? Do you need to call someone? Forrester asks, where do bats and whales get off? You're a mammal. Time to start acting like one. True. Good point. And in the replies to that one came a question from Tim Carville, who asked, how long until the human race eventually goes through the inevitable process of carcinization? Let me Google that word real quick. Oh, that is the thing where everybody evolves into a crab. All right. Yeah, that is an evolution thing. Basically... The crab has a particular evolutionary shape that eventually every animal over like a lot of simulations or whatever will turn into some sort of crab and that there's weird evolution reasons for that. I'm not going to get into it. Um, how long until the human race eventually goes through the inevitable, proce- inevitable process of carcinization? My answer to that question is we ain't going to make it, dog. Um, sorry, it's that's not going to happen. We're not we're not going to I don't even know if we make it to the next couple of decades, let alone millions of generations and enough for like evolution turning into crabs. Um, but I don't know. Sounds like a pretty sick existence. I'd be here for it. Um, it's, we will return to football <laughs> tomorrow. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk. I think we're going to start doing some cap stuff this week. Um, We'll we'll talk about contracts. There's a lot of questions about like what, how does a cap work? What do we do here? Um, I'm going to get into answering those uh, throughout the rest of the week and we'll really get a sense for how the Vikings can create cap space, how much they can create and how much they have to create now versus how much they can kind of draw up a restructure and then have their hand on the lever for when they need it. So we'll get into all of that. Also, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, getting to be about that time. So uh, go get yourself, start familiarizing yourself with the draft with Locked On NFL Draft. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.